Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Breda Pest Management, the official pest control of UGA Athletics. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. There is a very interesting mood around Dog Nation right now because a lot of Georgia fans are very plugged in. And we do a show like this from the perspective of, A, the fan perspective, but also understanding that the average Georgia fan is pretty intense in terms of his or her willingness and ability to kind of follow everything that's going on. And so most of the people hearing the sound of my voice right now broadcasting this live just after 10 a.m., most of the people, a lot of the people who are hearing me right now are pretty well aware that over the course of, I'd say, the last you know 24 hours, 18 hours, 24 hours, there's been seemingly a little bit of a burgeoning storyline emerging for Georgia in this start of the early signing period here on National Signing Day of 2024, which is that Georgia perhaps is getting back in on it with five-star athlete K.J. Bolden, who you'll remember chose Florida State uh, a few months ago. I guess the patient zero for all of this may have been Steve Wiltfong from 24-7 Sports, who wrote yesterday about the idea that Georgia was gaining some momentum in all of this. And there are a handful of Georgia fans who sort of take this at face value and say, good, I was hoping for some signing day highlights. Seems like this might be it, so that's exciting. Let's sink our teeth into this, and let's see what's going on with that. There are, however, a few other Georgia fans, and perhaps these are wise Georgia fans. Perhaps they're cynical Georgia fans. You can decide for yourself which adjective you would use to describe them. Boy, what they're going to say to you is, and this is a point of view that should not be completely discounted. I totally grant this. What they're going to say is, B.A., we've been around the block before. I've seen National Signing Day hysterical behavior before. I know a pump and dump when I see it. I know something that's either promoted by the player to get interest in the uh, announcement, promoted by the website to get interest in the you know behind-the-scenes coverage, whatever else. I know a pump and dump when I see it, and this late momentum, so to speak, that a lot of not just one guy but a lot of people in the recruiting industry are talking about right now, this feels too familiar to whatever has gone on before. There's a little bit of a divide among Georgia fans about who wants to take the bold and rumors here seriously and who wants to sort of be a little bit skeptical of the idea this is just a little too good to be true, a little too little too late, a little too something in terms of this actually being real. So I want to kind of lay out what I know on this and we'll all try to decide together how it makes us feel. But prior to that, let me take two seconds here to address those who don't follow this stuff that closely because there are obviously a lot of people who know every twist and turn of all of these sagas, but not everybody follows recruiting quite so close. So to those of you who are kind of jumping in late on this story, here's what I'll tell you about K.J. Bolden. There are obviously a lot of elite players in Georgia in any given year. To me, and I see a lot of high school football because I call games each and every week, Bolden was the most dynamic player I saw all year long. And of all the 2024 players on Buford, a very talented team, of course, I think the Bolden to me was the guy who popped the most uh, here this year. You think about a year ago, you know, the one that kind of got away from Georgia was Caleb Downs. Downs arguably was the best freshman in the entire country this past season for Alabama. I'm not here to tell you that K.J. Bolden is every bit as good as Caleb Downs. Perhaps he is, maybe he's not, but he is certainly our state's version of Downs here for this year. And people far smarter than me, you know, people who are true scouts or true coaches, you know, they have validated their opinion over and over again. I've asked them about the comparison between a, uh, you know, a Bolden and a Downs, and they say, yeah, that's, that's a very, very apt player comparison. In other words, K.J. Bolden is the 
real deal, a very good player. And it was disappointing when uh, he committed to Florida State going back uh, months ago. But as I told you at the time, and this is one of those things that we have been, I think, pretty consistent about, was the idea that the announcement of Bolden for Florida State, that commitment was not going to cause Georgia to wave a white flag of surrender in this recruiting battle. And it was not going to cause Florida State to kind of raise a mission accomplished banner either. In other words, I don't think either side in all of this, and obviously Auburn's a factor in this too, and I'll get to them in a moment. But in terms of the school that currently holds the public commitment, Florida State, and the school that has seemingly been fighting for KJ Bolden, neither side was going to stop their pursuit because that Bolden committed to Florida State. That wasn't enough for Florida State to kind of know they had won it, nor was it enough for Georgia to be convinced they'd lost. In fact, let me kind of get into this here just a little bit more for a moment. So in the immediate aftermath of the Bolden commitment to Florida State, going back those months ago when that occurred, there were two things I became aware of. And listen, I think that by now, if you've been with me for a long time, you know this. Like, I don't try to put myself out there to be something that I'm not. I'm a show host. I'm a, I'm a guy that facilitates a conversation. You know, I, I don't pretend to be insider of all insiders. That's never been – I've never needed to, to be frank. Uh, 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 but, I, you know, that's not – that's not the shtick that I'm sort of portraying here. But I did have a couple of conversations with people um, that I thought were pretty interesting around the time that Bolden committed to Florida State. Talking to some Florida State boosters, people that I know, they were very open because I, it's like one of those things when something like that happens and you have somebody that's kind of connected to that, you sort of call them up and like, hey, congratulations, sort of ha ha ha, you know, and I was like, uh, just kind of basically joking and the florida state people that i know these are people that are you know they kind of know somebody who knows so they're, they're pretty closely connected to some of the money around all of this um and obviously there was lots of rumors about you know bolden and il being a big reason for why he you know did what he did in the first place well people that i know that kind of know something about the sort of booster class donor class there at florida state I mean, they were very open about the idea of, oh, this ain't over yet. <laughs> you know, we got a lot of work to do to kind of finish off on this. The Florida State people who kind of have extra information on this, they weren't conceding anything even after Bolden had committed to Florida State. So it's important to keep that in mind that while some Georgia fans were like, well, if he don't want to be at Georgia, we don't want him. Florida State people weren't quite so certain that commitment announcement when it went down was the end for K.J. Bolden. As it turns out, one way or another, they're they're obviously right about that we don't know what Bolden's going to do but we do know that his recruitment continued even after that commitment announcement because the other thing that I sort of became aware of and once again you know this is sort of based on people who know more than I do people who know people who know people who know people and eventually sort of get to the source sometimes and what I'm led to believe is is that Georgia remained in very close contact with KJ Bolden even like right after that commitment announcement in other words the commitment announcement Bolden to Florida State was just a thing that happened. It was a it was a moment in time. It was a thing that happened. But everybody that was a factor in KJ Bolden's recruitment continued to be a factor in that recruitment over and over and over. Like like the, the same path continued. Uh, the, the the commitment ceremony happened, but all that meant was that got a little bit of media attention but behind the scenes Florida State was still working to keep him Georgia was still working to flip him schools like Auburn were still working to get involved here too the actual commitment announcement didn't change the way anybody recruited KJ Bolden and we have a lot of public information publicly available information that sort of confirms all of this in fact let me show you this on the screen for a moment this is obviously something we talked about the other day right near the beginning of the period of time in which Georgia coaches could go take in-home visits one of the first in-home visits we saw Georgia make, Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp together, and if you're watching on video, you obviously see this, Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp together, cheesing right there with K.J. Bolden. Now, here's what we understand. 
it's not very hard even in the Kirby copter you don't even really need the Kirby copter to get from uh you know the Athens campus to Buford High School it's one of the reasons why Georgia fans sort of think Buford should have produced more Georgia players but that's a different topic for a different day it's not very hard to get to Buford if you're Kirby and Will Muschamp but to be so early in the in-home window there with KJ Bolden there's a symbolic value to that there, there there's a there, there's an obvious sort of subtext all of that that Bolden who we're led to believe visited Georgia prior to his commitment to Florida State something like 16 times that Kirby Smart had taken kind of a personal hand in that KJ Bolden recruitment and here we are right near the beginning of this in-home period Kirby and Will are right there at KJ Bolden's house knowing that that picture is going to become very public there's a symbolic value to all of that and that picture I believe should have been taken as an indication that Georgia still viewed itself as being very much real very much alive in this recruitment this wasn't just a stop in and check on somebody type deal because they knew it become public this was their signal this was their indicator that they still took their chances of getting kj bolden very very seriously now why would georgia believe that behind the scenes uh why would georgia sort of think itself still involved with kj bolden here well i think the one thing to also understand here is is after the bolden commitment to florida state what i was told was is that it was obvious even back then that Bolden would eventually visit Georgia for some football game at some point in time this year, that he'd be back on the Georgia campus. I think people close to Georgia just sort of knew that was going to happen. In fact, there was some reporting on this at the time. Once again, we talked about this on the show back in September. Once again, Steve Wilfong saying that K.J. Bolden was going to be on campus this weekend there in September there for Georgia. So that was publicly available information. Everybody knew that. What I can also tell you is I'm led to believe people who, once again, sort of know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, is that while everybody saw Bolden visit Georgia on that particular September Saturday, there were also other visits to Georgia that Bolden perhaps would have liked to have taken, but knowing how public it would have become, knowing what kind of firestorm it would have set off, he just simply chose not to do that. Yeah, that's what the you sort of like rumor mill behind the scenes would tell you, is that Bolden perhaps would have taken even more visits to Georgia for the season, easy drive for him, close relationship with that program, fun to be you know on the Athens campus, would have done more of that if not for the public attention it was going to garner. So the point here to all of this is, is that, the relationship with Georgia and K.J. Bolden was strong before he committed to Florida State, and as we told you that it would be, it remained strong with K.J. Bolden after all of that, too. At the very least, Georgia was not going to surrender in its recruitment of K.J. Bolden. But what could possibly also be going on that sort of furthers the chances of a school like Georgia? And to be honest, you have to take Auburn very seriously in all of this, too. We'll have more on them coming up in a moment. What would sort of further the opportunity of a school like Georgia or perhaps Auburn getting in on K.J. Bolden? Because there are people on the Internet now who will say, hey, Florida State may be like bronze medalists and all this right now. It may be Georgia and Auburn and then Florida State's who holds the public commitment. They may have sort of slipped down to like a third place type deal here there as well. Now, listen, I'm speaking this at 10 a.m. By the time some of y'all hear this, because 99.9% of the people who watch the show or listen to the show do so you know, on demand after the fact, y'all may be laughing at me 12 p.m., 1 p.m., based on what we know then compared to what we're saying now totally get all of that i'm saying but you know in the chatter that's here right now you hear more about georgia perhaps being involved in this momentum is the word that's been used maybe some momentum for auburn florida state maybe doing all they can do to hold on to this with the idea that this may be being kind of wrestled away from them like what could possibly be going on that sort of presents this as a uh, real challenge right now and this is where you have to go back to something else we talked about the other day and i think that some people 
thought I was just sort of shooting my mouth off when I said this. Listen, I am certainly prone to shoot my mouth off. But in this particular case, I, I don't think that's what I was doing. When Florida State was excluded from the college football playoff the other day after going 13-0 and being left out in favor of like Texas and Alabama, what I came on the show and said was is that this ought to have reverberations for recruiting. And the message from a school like Georgia, any recruit, not just K.J. Bolden, but any recruit should be, if you want to play the sport at the highest level, you can't go to the ACC. If you want to compete for national championships, if you want to be at the highest level of the sport, you can't go to the Atlantic Coast Conference. It should not even be a factor, shouldn't even be a thought in your mind because the college football playoff selection committee has told you that the ACC plays at a lower level than the other leagues. And if you're a premier prospect, you can't go to less than a premier conference in the ACC right now is that. And I got to tell you, I think the idea of that needs to be taken really seriously here because think about what's happening concurrently here. Florida State is trying to pitch to K.J. Bolden, come here, be great, be a part of what we're building, be a part of the future here. It's a great future. Mike Norvell is obviously a sharp coach. Florida State was obviously undefeated here. But simultaneous to this, once again, this is publicly available information, simultaneous to the idea that they're pitching K.J. Bolden on being a part of the great future that Florida State is building, what we know publicly based on reports is that Florida State itself is actually not quite so comfortable and confident about its own future. Let me show you this from Andrea Adelson from ESPN yesterday. She reports, not a huge surprise here considering, well, everything that's going on, but I've been told, she says, by multiple people that Florida State is once again evaluating its long-term future. Stay tuned. What Andrea means is, is they are trying to buy their way to the ACC, and they've had lawyers looking at this for like two years. How do you get out of the grant of rights contract that's holding this league together? So far, they haven't found the legal loophole that gives them a chance to do that. But according to Andrea Adelson, who knows the ACC part of this pretty well, is saying is that it's fairly obvious that that is what uh, Florida State wants to do uh, because they know they don't have a long-term future in the ACC. Being excluded from the playoffs was their indication of that. In fact, just earlier this week, we had Mike Norvell, the uh, Florida State coach, who was speaking kind of a like an Orange Bowl practice press conference and the subject of the frustration that still exists at Florida State came up. Now, I want you to ask yourself this question as you hear Mike Norvell speak here. No, hold, hold on one second. I mean, let, let me hold on to this one second. Um, uh, let, let me just say this real quick. As you listen to Mike Norvell here, there's one thing I want you to, I want you to listen for. As Mike Norvell talks about the obvious frustration that Florida State is dealing with as it kind of goes into an orange bowl knowing they were excluded from the college football playoff can you then turn around in the same breath in the same moment in the same week and then pitch to someone like kj bolden oh you've got a bright future at florida state when mike norvell himself does not sound very certain about florida state's future listen to norvell here and judge this for yourself team uh, then you had to learn how to work through disappointment hurt you know frustration anger all the every bit of it um and you're 18 to 22 year old kids and you're 42 year old coach um you know and so um you know it's it's hard and i like to say oh no yeah just you know but you know at the end of the day you control the things you control and you know we did everything that, that we needed to do to win 13 games this uh, this season um now we get an opportunity to to go get better and so uh, you know it, it can't it can't just you know be good when it sounds good and you know but i for for a group of young men that uh, are having to work through that i mean it's probably been the most challenging couple of weeks of coaching i've ever had and uh you know but it is you know it is our reality that is not a happy man 
And I think a lot of people nationally would say, well, he's justified in being unhappy. There are a lot of people who believe that Florida State was unfairly excluded from the playoff. But fair or not, they were excluded. They were told they don't play at the same level that the Alabamas and the Texases do. So if you've got that, and, and Norvell said it himself, this is our reality. If you've got that as your reality, if you've got people behind the scenes working on getting Florida State out of the ACC, that's not going to happen immediately if it ever, ever even happens at all. So can you, in the same breath that you're fighting for your future and perhaps a better league than the one you're currently in, then pivot and say, but K.J. Bolden, you got to come here. K.J. Bolden, you got to come be a part of this. I think a lot of people are skeptical about Florida State's ability to do both of those things at the same time, and that may actually cost them in the recruitment uh, for K.J. Bolden here. But even if that's true, even if the doubts around Florida State are enough to convince Bolden not to go there and that the NIL summit's reportedly been – you know, allegedly offered, uh, probably more allegedly than reportedly. I don't know how much on-the-record reporting there's actually been about that. Even if Bolden doesn't go to Florida State, it's not a guarantee that he's going to go to Georgia. He could perhaps maybe go to Auburn. And this is where I want to kind of focus in on something else here for a moment, that once again, if you're still not quite so sure you believe any of this, and I do get this, right? I mean, as I said before, to, to, to start the show, I totally understand the perspective of a Georgia fan of, I ain't buying into this. Uh, I've been, I've been, you know, you know, hooked on uh, line and sinkered on something like this before. I'm going to be skeptical of this until it happens. I do sort of get it. I do sort of get it. But let me give you one more piece of publicly available information. This was on YouTube. This is out there for anybody to see. One more piece of publicly available information that at least raises the possibility that all this could really be real and that somehow, some way, there is some legitimate drama as it relates to K.J. Bolden and his announcement, which we believe is going to happen somewhere between, like, say, 1, 1.30 uh, later on this afternoon. So Bolden took his official visit to Florida State this weekend. Now, what's the sort of old adage in recruiting? Official visits always go well, right? No one's ever had a bad official visit. Everybody has a good official visit. But when Bolden met with some reporters, including some people from War Chant, when Bolden met with some reporters in the immediate aftermath of his official visit, listen to how like unenthusiastic he sounds about Florida State and kind of unsure he is about where his future is going to lie on Wednesday. In fact, you're about to hear him ask directly, all right, you just took a visit to Tallahassee. You had the food. You had the fun. You know, you posed for the pictures. Uh, you had all of that. Now, you ready to sign with the Seminoles? And listen to the degree to which kj bolden does not answer that question this is from this weekend kj bolden uh with some reporters in tallahassee i know there's a lot of schools going after you but are you are you signing with fsu on wednesday oh man <laughs> so like i can't really speak so much on that i just got my papers together yeah. so are you are you planning to there's rumors about going to visit auburn after this is that uh, i'm not doing that so you're setting your mind right yeah yeah i got you <laughs> So he says, at the end, this is audio clip, you don't see the video, but at the end, um, the reporter asked him, so you're set in your mind, and, and KJ just sort of smiles, yeah, I'm, I'm set in my mind. In other words, you could interpret that any way you wanted to, but the sort of money line from that particular exchange with the reporter was, all right, you're going to sign with Florida State on Wednesday? And Bolden's like, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. In other words, fresh off an official visit to Florida State, after having been committed for months and months and months, allegedly for very big NIL dollars, uh, K.J. Bolden can't say for sure coming off that official visit he's definitely going to Florida State. Now, as many of you are already smart enough to know, you don't need me to tell you, that doesn't mean he's going to Georgia. Totally get that. That's totally real. But the idea that Bolden's not going to Florida State needs to be taken very, very, very seriously. So 
Let me wrap this up because I've gone very long. Let me wrap this up, this portion of the conversation anyway, by saying this. If you're a Georgia fan, how should you feel about this? With the announcement slated to happen this afternoon of either sticking to Florida State, ha, I got you, I, I, I roped all y'all in, perhaps going to Auburn, who we've seen sort of swoop in before and uh, win a battle like this, and obviously they're, they're itching to spend NIL dollars on somebody. Uh, thus far, they haven't really had a whole lot of success doing that, but they clearly want to spend dollars on somebody. They probably have the budget to put towards this. Or maybe it really is true, and the you know, 16, 17 visits that Bolden has taken to Georgia really do add up to the sort of long-standing relationship that could result in Georgia winning this commitment. If you're a Georgia fan, how should you view all of this? Here's what I can tell you, because obviously I'm not going to presume to ever tell any of you how to think. I'm just simply going to tell you how I think about this. I'm sort of on board for this to see what happens. I'm okay with that. I mean, listen, it has happened before. We all know this. I mean, I can think of a couple of recruitments that come to mind where it seems pretty obvious Georgia was set up to be, you know, thinking they had a chance only to give the storyline of so-and-so beat out Georgia for so-and-so. Like, that's happened before. But guess what? I didn't lose any sleep. I mean, uh, that's fine. All is fair in love and recruiting, right? Uh, everybody plays Everybody plays rough. Everybody throws elbows. You better believe Georgia's negative recruiting Florida State like crazy about all the stuff I just talked about before. Florida State and retribution for that, trying to set up Georgia for a fall, or perhaps Auburn as a way of, you know, kind of building up Hugh Free, setting up Georgia. This is just the way the recruiting goes. It's full contact. Elbows are getting thrown. It's trial by combat. Uh, That's just kind of the way that it goes. Perhaps this is what this is. But the concern about that being true is not going to prevent me from watching this pretty closely today. A, because I think there's a chance this might be real, and I've sort of always felt that way. And B, I believe that K.J. Bolden is probably a prospect that's worth the hassle. And if Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp feel that way, then their opinion obviously matters far more than mine does. So here's what I'm saying. I have no idea where K.J. Bolden is going to go later on this afternoon. I think there's a chance it might be Georgia. And that chance is enough to get me to tune in. And if it ends up being the wrong direction, if he ends up being a swerve and a and and some sort of a you know pump and dump type scheme or scandal or something like that, well, you know we've been you know down that road before. But I'm not going to let the fear of that prevent me from what could be some pretty entertaining signing day drama coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Breda Pass Manager. We are happy to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 945, first and 15, dognation.com and Dog Nation app. Uh, we're also on video, 10 a.m. across all video platforms there as well. Radio, Athens Sports Radio, 960 The Ref, and uh, just everywhere, podcasts, everything else. Just happy to have you as a part of the uh, program here today. By the way, a big thanks to our friends at Breda Pest Management who make all this possible for you there as well. The official pest control provider of UGA Athletics. That's quite a statement to be able to make, but it is a statement and a status that Breda Pest Management has earned over a period of years, not just years, decades. They've been in business since 1975, and they have served folks in our market area throughout Georgia so well, especially here in the Atlanta area. They have served us so well over the course of years that it's been recognized by UGA, and UGA has said, hey, the same stuff you're doing for all these homes and all these Georgia fans and all these people across our state, 
Come here and do this for Sanford Stadium and Stegman Coliseum and Foley Field and all those places. Come here and keep us bug and critter free. Protect us from termites. And that's exactly what Breda Pest Management is all about. And the cool thing now is, is that you can also have the official pest control provider of UG Athletics providing your termite protection there as well or your pest control services there as well. And when you make the switch to Breda, you're going to put more money back in your pocket just for making that decision. I'll tell you, it's one of those things where my wife and I were busy, as so many of you are there too, getting the Christmas gifts bought and kind of getting ready for all of that. And when you're digging deep to have you know food on your table this holiday season and, and the gifts under the tree and all that kind of stuff, you just realize, man, everything's so much more expensive. And it just seems like, you know, doing Christmas the way we've always done, it just gets harder and harder and harder just get, you know, based on how everything is out there in the world right now. So when you can save money, you should. And that's what Braided Pest Manager gives you a chance to do. Make the switch to them. Uh, you're going to put more money back in your pocket instantly just for making that decision the folks at Brady know how hard things are right now especially when it comes to taking good care of your home they know that costs of service are going up so they're going to try to save you some money as a way of just being a good neighbor to you and being a, you know a, a good friend to you taking care of dog fans because matt brady and the entire team over at brady pest management you know legacy of service through multiple generations they want to do that for you so please find them online bradapest.com that's b-r-e-d-a bradapest.com once again brady pest management uh, the official pest control provider of UJ Athletics. They bring Dog Nation daily to you today. DT online at dognation.com says, what time is that KJ Bolden announcement? We're expecting 1, 130, something like that. Sometime in that 1 o'clock hour, I believe. And I think this is probably real enough that, you know, Dog Nation Daily, gonna, or I should say Dog Nation, uh, going to have our eyes on Buford, Georgia here today. Perhaps some video coverage of some of the stuff that goes on there at Buford. And in doing so, at least in terms of the control that I have over like, I'm not going to pump and dump you guys. Like, I'm not going to hype something up just to get some eyeballs. I got enough eyeballs. My audience is big enough, thankfully. Uh, I, I don't need to sort of make this into something that it's not. I can't guarantee anything on any of that. All I can tell you is my curiosity speaked. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where this goes. So uh, watching this later on this afternoon, maybe it all ends up being, ah, Auburn, they got us. Auburn, ah, Hugh Freeze, you know, you know. Shocking! Hugh Fury's wasn't totally on the on the level about something. Uh, maybe that's what it is. Or Florida State. Ah, oh, we had him the whole time. Uh, you know, uh, maybe that's what it ends up being there as well. If that be the case, I'm not gonna lose a minute of sleep over that. This is this is fun. This is entertaining. This is this is sort of full combat recruiting, which is down here in the deep south, the way that we do it. So uh, I'll be watching alongside all of you today, and we'll see how it plays out there on that. All right, so let us uh, now get ready to go around the doghouse. Poured today by our friends at Dr. Pepper. We'll get Mike Griffith here coming up in a little bit. we got to look back on some of the news that's already occurred here uh, a little bit, too. I don't know if we've done full due diligence on that, including some news yesterday and sort of a setup for uh, Mike's conversation coming up. Georgia did officially get some news on the uh, London Humphrey front, right? We've been kind of following this. Humphrey, the former receiver at Vanderbilt, uh, made his pledge to Georgia yesterday. In fact, I'll show you the uh, the sort of Dog Nation uh, graphic there on that. Committed to Georgia out of the transfer portal yesterday from Vanderbilt. Now, once again, this is one of those deals where I think a lot of Georgia fans are sort of left to wonder, okay, well, how do you feel about this? What does all this mean? And there's sort of one vantage point on this of, well, all this is is some dude that was at Vanderbilt. He only had like 400-something yards receiving last year. Should I get all that excited about that? Which I get. That's a you know, realistic perspective, I reckon. But the flip side of that is, is that, and this is, I think, sort of vantage point that we sort of frame this around. Humphreys was the second most productive freshman receiver in the SEC last year. 
what we've said here on the show is is that while we occasionally have these memories of you know freshman receivers that come in and play incredibly well the truth is for the most part you know the wide receiver position of the sec is a little bit of a um developmental position it's not the kind of position you come in and sort of thrive at right away for most people that's why I think that Georgia was aggressive last year and going in bringing guys like Dominic Lovett and Robert Thomas two receivers I was very happy to see Georgia get I think that for the most part those were guys that really succeeded at Georgia here this year not eye-popping stats for either guy but you know certainly guys who were capable of playing their experience sort of allowed Georgia to be a very productive offense and so I think that Humphreys is a little bit of this sort of same vein here of when you look at other elite receivers from the 2024 class that I would love for if Georgia had gotten, uh, the truth is betting on them, like, for instance, I'm going to mention a player here for a moment. This is a guy that I love, and you'll never hear me say a bad word about him. Like, I am blown away by Mike Matthews, the Parkview receiver who's going to Tennessee. I, I like everything about Matthews. I've interviewed him, sharp kid. Know people who know him, they rave about him. Athletically, you've obviously seen enough down in the football field to know this guy goes up and gets the football. But next year in the SEC, if I had to bet on who has more receiving yards, a five-star Matthews at Tennessee or a relatively unheralded transfer like London Humphreys coming to Georgia, I believe I might bet on Humphreys at Georgia because he has the thing that has mattered in the SEC, which is experience at the receiver position. Now, two, three years from now, at that point in time, Matthews may just sail past Humphreys and prove to be a much better receiver. Obviously, the recruiting ranking would suggest that he might. But in terms of the immediate projection, and right now, college football has become very much a win-now type sport. It's what's important now. Who can help me right now? Well, in the immediate future, a guy like Humphreys, who got experience in the SEC, he may have played on a bad team, but he was playing against good teams. He got the experience doing that. I think that makes Humphreys uh, pretty valuable for UGA indeed. I'll also mention this here real quick. Um, A lot of these sort of uh, letters of intent continue to kind of roll in for Georgia. We'll try to do our part to kind of cover some of that. We've also got reporting out there. Is this reportedly or is this official? Either way, it's probably real. Looks like Jamon Dumas Johnson is going to Kentucky. So what we're seeing right now is a lot of these SEC teams, in light of the tougher schedules and things like that, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, appreciate that, guys. So Max Olson puts this out there, uh, Olson from The Athletic, that Georgia transfer Jamon Dumas-Johnson has committed to Kentucky per his Instagram. So that's that's Jamon Dumas-Johnson's Instagram going to Kentucky. Uh, so I guess The Athletic had him ranked as the uh, number five available transfer, obviously a former Buckus Award finalist. So big get for Mark Stoops in Kentucky. And right now you're starting to put Kentucky – not quite in the same category, but in a pretty similar category to like certainly Missouri, who's been very aggressive. Ole Miss been the most aggressive of all. A lot of these SEC teams trying to line up and get what they can get. Now, in the case of Kentucky, there's also been a little bit of a wrestling match with Mark Stoops and some of his uh, key people about how much NIL money they actually had available to them. But in terms of the transfer portal, we're seeing the Wildcats be pretty aggressive, which puts them in line with what a lot of other SEC teams are doing right now, too. So we've gone long. That's kind of the news that's out there. JDJ to UK obviously the London Humphreys thing there too we'll talk to Mike Griffith more about that here coming up let me remind you though that around the doghouse though today is poured by our friends at Dr. Pepper and it's one of those days where the news is coming fast and furious some of it'll be good news some of it'll be not quite so good news some of it will just be wild and crazy and it's one of those deals where I gotta have my Dr. Pepper close by today to make sure I'm able to enjoy all of that and sort of keep me sane throughout all of this it's sort of my treat during the day that I kind of depend on 
And for all of you, a lot of you anyway, it's kind of the same type of deal here too. When you're watching college football, obviously Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. But also for me, it's a big part of my Christmas thing too. Um, I try to avoid like the, like the, I mean, I love it, but you know, typically I'm more like Diet Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Those were more my sort of like weekly go-tos. But around Christmas, I'll do like the regular Dr. Pepper over ice and like a Christmas glass. It's like one of the great treats of all time for me. That's a big part of my Christmas festivities. So for you, great way to enjoy all of that too. I sort of save that for Christmas. I'm sort of Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar diet Dr. Pepper on the other days. But around Christmas time, it's the it's the original, the regular Dr. Pepper flavor that I just absolutely love uh, this time of year. So whether you're watching bowl games or enjoying time with family and friends over the Christmas and holiday season, Dr. Pepper is the one fans deserve. And they bring around the doghouse to us here today. All right. I am very late getting to Mike Griffith, and I apologize for that. But we want to get the latest from Mike. Georgia obviously continuing its preparation for the Orange Bowl. Uh, good news this week on the player return front, the transfer portal front, and obviously signing day stuff there as well. So let's do all of that now as a part of a Georgia Farm Bureau insider update with Mike Griffith here today on Dog Nation Daily. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Say hello to Mike Griffith and uh, apologize for getting to him late here, but uh, Mike will jump right into it here with you, uh, part of a uh, uh, insider update here. So we've been on the air last little bit. I know these letters of intent continue to roll in there for Georgia. We saw Ellis Robinson becoming official. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, any update here in the last you know, 30, 45 minutes in terms of you know, kind of where things stand for Georgia? You know, no, no, nothing beyond, you know, the coverage we've got on DogNation.com. I mean, obviously, it's all hands on deck. And, you know, between Centel and Connor, and, you know, I know you monitor things as well. It's, I think Kirby's got this pretty well mapped out, you know, and it's amazing because it was so quiet, Brandon, for so long. You know, the, the silence was deafening, right? And, and it's almost like now Kirby is rolling out the master plan, right, step by step. You know, you know the Vanderbilt transfer, Parson Beck's return certainly appears there could be some other SEC elite transfers on tap. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, big announcements around the state today. So uh, I continue to be impressed, um, even amazed somewhat, at Georgia's resiliency as it, uh, you know, very disappointing loss. And it appeared a lot of guys would be leaving, and all of a sudden now Carson Beck's coming back, and it's like, not so fast. Georgia's not going anywhere. I know that recruiting is not your regular B, and this is why I'm asking you this question because I'm sort of curious from kind of like a more, I don't want to say 10,000-foot view, but for someone who's not perhaps you know face-first in this particular aspect of the uh, football <laughs> calendar as much as some other people, who impresses you in this 2024 Georgia class right now? Well, I mean, the corner, I mean you got the top cornerback in the country. I mean, this is a plug. This is a potential, potential plug-and-play. I mean, I think about Tyson Campbell. Um, and you know the immediate impact that he had, and had he not hurt his shoulder, I know I'm going, I know I'm going back pretty far for some people in 2018, but uh, just blown away by how you know Tyson, how ready Tyson Campbell was. Um, and again, had he not hurt his shoulder against Missouri, uh, you know I don't know that the door would have opened for Eric Stokes, and that's that's a whole other story that turned out great for both of those young men, by the way. But uh, look, you get the number one you know, corner. I, I'm really interested to see what this running back does. I think there's a misnomer, um, you know, when you think about um, people saying, well, you know, if, if Georgia gets ETN, then maybe that would bother. Listen, they're going to play three guys back there, Brandon. We, we've seen this. It, it's not going to change. And if Dejan comes back, which I'm, I'm assuming right now that he will, uh, if ETN signs and, and 
you know, the, the thing is, we just don't know where Robinson's going to be with the recovery. So this is not a, a blow or an issue. Uh, but to answer your question, the, the running back, the cornerback, and I guess I'm as intrigued as anybody by K.J. Bolden, even though I don't know if I should be. Uh, I've been sucked in by these Buford kids before. I have learned that about recruiting from 10,000 feet. <laughs> well, yeah, and we talked about the Bolden thing, obviously, a lot before you joined us. And you know how this goes, Mike. I mean, there are a lot of people who kind of live for a day like this, and it does sort of seem like signing day sort of lost some of its luster. But the idea there's even any kind of drama with Bolden right now sort of feels like an old-school throwback. And for some Georgia fans, it sort of feels like uh, a little too good to be true or a little too little too late, kind of a pump-and-dump type scheme of let's build up the interest here and have this perhaps fizzle out. And I want to show respect to that opinion because obviously I can't guarantee what's going to happen here with K.J. Bolden. But on the flip side of this, just based on you know what you're kind of seeing out there, it's certainly and what you're hearing other people also say, it certainly seems like what I've said is it seems real enough that it's at least worth my attention. Well, let's face it. And as Jimbo Fisher once famously said, there was NIL before there was NIL. And I'm kind of with you that, you know, the, the pump and dump, I, I hadn't heard that. That certainly fits. I'll say that with a deep voice, as you would say, because I do think that that is a good saying. Is this a negotiation, Brandon? Let, let's just, let's just throw it out there. Are they, are they just putting them out there saying, Here's one more chance to get your bid in, and who's the highest bidder? I just don't know the answer to that. I hate to think that way, but that's the underlying reality to recruiting now. And Kirby kind of told us that. He said, look, I mean, uh, I can't remember the precise quote, but it was something about the normalizing of of asking for money, and and it wasn't just um, the incoming recruits. It's returning players. I mean, I ask you, uh, where is there more value, in in an ETN or in a freshman, incoming freshman running back? I mean, I... I think the free agent has more value, right? But at the same time, it's important to build a foundation with, with strong recruits, you know, that grow into the fabric of that locker room. So it's, it's a really interesting time. I feel like the earth is shifting beneath college football, but I also feel like Kirby Smart is the master of this, and, and I, I'm just so impressed with him. I, I, the guy is an absolute maestro. Um, I don't think anything's happened that's caught him off guard. I don't think there's any base that's not covered. I think he's an absolute brilliant manager and who knows how to slow play the situation and get the absolute most out of it. And I feel like at the end of the day, Georgia fans are going to be doing backflips. Yeah, certainly uh, fun to think about all of that. I want to talk about the Carson Beck stuff here for a minute too, Mike. Obviously, Georgia fans have had a little time to digest this, but you and I haven't had a chance to talk about this in this forum. This is great news. Like, you know, some, some news is good news. This is great news. And it's the kind of thing that I believe that uh, Georgia fans have justifiably been celebrating for what it is the kind of move that keeps Georgia very much in the conversation of the top flight elite contenders for, you know, anything that's going to happen in 2024, getting a quarterback like Beck coming back is sort of a prerequisite for all of that. Now Georgia knows that's what it's going to have. It makes the Orange Bowl more fun. Um, like, there is nothing about this Beck news this week to the fact that he's coming back for this ne- next season that isn't absolutely a ton of fun for every Georgia fan. Oh, I totally agree. And, and I, I think my, my level of exhilaration – may have caught even you off guard the other day when we did the show, and I, I, I said what I thought George's plans were for Tuscaloosa. I might have got a little carried away with the word I used that sentence. But, uh, it, look, the, the fact of the matter is, I don't know that there's a quarterback in the country that's going to be better going into next year than Carson Beck. And, and listen, yeah. I, I have tremendous respect for Jalen Milrow. I want to I say that I think his ceiling is high. I think he's fantastic. I think he won round one with Beck. I think he won that game. I think 
you got to give Milrow credit. He didn't make the mistakes. Carson did. Okay, that was round one. Um, albeit Georgia's weapons were injured. I think that had a lot to do with it. I think if they would have played the Georgia that took the field against Old Miss uh, or Kentucky, I think the score would have been vastly different. But that's not the way the game's played. We know that Alabama fans reminded us forever that you know James Williams didn't play in the national title game. So not to get too uh, off the beat path. But I'm with you. I, I think this is fantastic news. And what made it even better and more pivotal was that Kirby Smart got this done while there was still two weeks left in the portal window. If, if this thing plays out through the Orange Bowl, Brandon, and there's, then, then, the, the, and then the ETNs and the Evan Stewarts of the world are gone, and suddenly Georgia's not the draw that it is for these free agents right now. So the fact that Kirby was able to hammer this thing out with the Beck camp, and there's, and there's no shame in that, by the way. Carson Beck has NFL value. You have to understand, this is a guy who would have gone no lower than midway through the second round. This is a guy who could be starting in the NFL next year in the right situation. For him to punt that possibility and come back, there had to be more than just go Georgia to it. There had to be a fiscal value. Remember, this guy invested three years of his life sitting on the bench here. He's paid his dues without getting those NIL paychecks. So Carson Beck is owed what he's getting. I don't have any problem with the monetary value, whether it's one, two, or four million, whatever you believe, uh, whatever sort of package they put together. Fact of the matter is, Kirby did what he had to do to keep Georgia relevant in the national championship race, and that was to get this elite quarterback back and make Georgia a very attractive target for some of these elite free agents on top of what looks to be an amazing signing day. It's our Georgia Farm Bureau Insider Update with uh, Mike Griffith here on Dog Nation Daily here today. And, of course, we'll hear from uh, Kirby Smart here coming up later on today. Let me remind you of that. Stay close to Dog Nation for updates and all of that. But also stay close to our friends at Georgia Farm Bureau for your insurance needs, auto insurance, home insurance, life insurance. You know, when you make a decision about your insurance provider, what you're hoping is friendly people who kind of understand you. You know, there's nothing scarier than sometimes getting on the phone with somebody like a long way away that perhaps – doesn't understand what the insurance needs in your life mean for you in particular the car that's driving your family around that's getting you to work every day the source of your livelihood in many cases or the home where you're collecting your most significant memories and perhaps the representation of your most significant financial investment there as well well the folks at georgia farm bureau understand how georgians feel about all this kind of stuff because they are georgians themselves that's what we say that georgia farm bureau is always the home team they're living and they're working they're playing they're doing life in georgia just like we are each and every day so if you have a home insurance need or auto insurance needs or uh life insurance needs there as well our friends at georgia farm bureau want to be a resource for you on all of that so find out why they really are always the home team by checking them out online gfbinsurance.com the gfb of course stands for georgia farm bureau gfbinsurance.com georgia farm bureau always the home team All right, Mike, we're obviously eyeballing a lot of the uh, stuff with the uh, recruits here on National Signing Day. But to kind of wrap up our conversation, we finally sort of started seeing some movement on the transfer portal front a little bit yesterday there as well. Long time rumor to be true. Finally becoming official, London Humphreys, the uh, former Vanderbilt receiver, bringing some SEC experience now to Georgia. That news becoming official and sort of now perhaps setting up a little bit of a period in which Georgia could also be, you know, kind of active in the transfer portal in terms of acquisitions after saying, what, 15 guys leave or something along those lines? About the number we would expect it. seems like Georgia now may also be poised to add a couple of guys there too. No doubt about it. And it's just a matter of time before these names come out, I think. And, you know, the, Brandon, the ETN thing, this is what was interesting. When I was down at, um, you know, the SEC uh, championship game week, I was in the uh, 
the, the Fanfare Center, and we were we were doing some SEC Network stuff. I had three different Florida representatives, two of them in the media, one of them not, come up to me and tell me that Etienne's mother wants him in Georgia. And this was bizarre. Like, I, I don't even, like, one of these people I knew, two of these people I didn't even know, they're like, hey, listen, uh, you cover Georgia, so hey, here's what we're hearing. Uh, Etienne's mom really wants him in Georgia because they want to win a championship and they want to stay close to Jack. I'm thinking, where's this coming from? Like, I feel like there's people from other planets that just landed here. I mean, okay, I guess I'll, you know, I guess I'll, you know, call Kirby Smart or whatever. I didn't have to do that. I'm just joking, but... Like, they really, like, when the ETN speak, people listen, and I think there was real interest uh, from them to want to come to Georgia. And, you know, for so long you hear about recruiting and who is Georgia chasing and who is Georgia trying to convince and, you know, yada, yada. Well, listen, it's the other way around. They're flocking to Georgia. They want to be a part of what Kirby has built. So Alabama can crow about slipping by Georgia by three points and, you know, redeeming themselves after an embarrassing home loss because they didn't have their team ready the second week of the season for a marquee opponent. They can crow about that all they want. But Georgia's in a very different place. It's, it's not like, oh, back to the normal Alabama. No, no, no. Georgia's in a very different place with Kirby Smart and this staff and what they've proven they can do, developing players for the NFL and competing for championships. And that's why when you see these free agent players, you know, like the ETNs and potentially the Evan Stewarts, uh, on the Georgia list, it, it's not because Georgia's necessarily throwing more money out there than anybody else it's because these players want to come somewhere where they can get down to business and get that resume right now that georgia degree still means something folks it's a top 20 academic institution you've seen that having a uga degree travels well guess what so does the kirby smart pedigree the philadelphia eagles have shown that to you and these free agents take note you come in and you play for georgia and kirby smart the nfl is going to take note and you are going to have added value and compete for a championship. So to me, that's one of the most enlightening things about this free agency period is to see how these free agents are flocking to Georgia and to see how Kirby Smart is managing this and balancing this and still landing the best recruiting class in the country. All right, Mike, it's interesting stuff. We'll obviously be following that. I know you'll have plenty of coverage from Kirby Smart today, both speaking about who Georgia does bring in, but also looking ahead to the continued preparations heading towards Miami next week. And I guess the next time you and I speak, it'll be in Miami, I guess. So I'll look forward to seeing you down there as you work on your tan, something I know you're very, very eager to <laughs> very eager to do. Uh, but, Mike, uh, thanks for your time. Uh, appreciate that. We'll uh, chat with you again soon here as part of a Georgia Farm Bureau Insider Update. Thanks, Brandon. Have a good one. Oh, you too. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, so uh, 5 p.m. today for Kirby Smart, kind of putting a little bit of a cap on some of the stuff with uh, signing day there on that, but also a little bit of a look ahead. We'll, hear what we, we'll see what we get from Kirby on back coming back, the Humphrey stuff. I mean, obviously, like the cynical take on some of this is, you know, anything that Georgia does from a transfer standpoint might have been kind of sort of postponed on the other side of signing day. There have been some chatter about, you know, <laughs> Georgia perhaps not being in too big of a hurry to announce that pre-signing day. So we'll, we'll kind of see what's also out there about all of that there, too. Should be a pretty spirited conversation. Hadn't heard from Kirby here in a little while. Got a chance to hear from him on a number of fronts here today. And obviously, Dog Nation will have plenty of chatter about all of that. For now, though, let's get ready to go cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Now, this is one of those days I just joked about working on your tan with Mike. Being down there in Miami, which next week we will be. We'll, by the way, have an update on the schedule stuff related to that here in a moment. But being down there in Miami is a reminder to me that I'm only a few weeks away from being down there for something completely different, uh, a chance to be one of the very first. And I literally may be among the 
first of the first to be on Icon of the Sea. It's the largest cruise ship ever built. And I literally have a, I may be on the very first sailing. I'm not smart enough to know that for sure, but uh, I'm going to be among the very first to ever be on board this unbelievable cruise ship. And I am so excited about that. And frankly, I think you should be excited about it as well. You know, it's, it's amazing how popular this is and how much chatter there is. A lot of people know I'm kind of in the cruise space a little bit. Uh, so people sometimes come up to talk to me about this kind of thing. But it's also amazing to hear people who maybe don't know you know, how much I love Royal Caribbean cruises and things like that, how much they're out there talking about this right now. There's definitely a lot of energy right now around the debut of this amazing cruise ship, which kind of combines the largest water park at sea, sort of beach resort at sea, almost like a city when you think about all the various neighborhoods. All of that in one amazing cruise ship, more entertainment, dining, uh, you know, bar and lounge options than ever before. That's what Icon of the Seas is all about. So if you want to do like I'm doing and be on this ship here in 2024, Jessica Slater, a great travel agent, can help you out with that. Specially selected for us by Royal Caribbean. You can give her a call, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. And you can email her at jslater at dreamvacations.com. She'll tell you more about all of that. All right, I'm going to do some SEC stuff in a moment. Saying that about being in Miami did jog my memory on this, though. Let me give you an idea about our schedule here coming up. So we are obviously live today like normal. Be here on Thursday and Friday there as well. So regular, normal week to kind of close things out for us. Then when you start looking at the Christmas weekend, Monday is the 25th. We're going to have no show at all on Monday the 25th. No show at all on Monday the 25th. We don't ever have a show on Christmas Day. We're not going to have a show on Christmas Day. Obviously, we'll be you know doing all that kind of stuff and hope you're doing some of the same kind of stuff with your family there on Christmas. In addition to that, I am taking off the 26th. It's like sort of my last day to be with my family before we uh, hit the road. I am taking off the 26th, but we will have a pre-recorded show for you. Now, there's going to be all kinds of news happening and things like that. There's a chance that our show on the 26th may not fully reflect all of that news, just to be totally honest with you, but we're going to still do a good show for you getting ready for the Orange Bowl and kind of getting you ready for bowl season and sort of looking ahead to Georgia. We'll have that for you on the 26th. Now, in addition to that, on the 27th, that's when I'm traveling to Miami. And the travel needs that day require a pre-recorded show for the 27th there as well. But by the afternoon, we'll be in Miami. We'll do stuff on video from uh, sunny South Beach there that day and then live for Dog Nation Daily on Thursday, Friday, heading into game time on Saturday, which is kind of cool to have a bowl game on a regular Saturday just sort of makes the schedule work so much better so to repeat this here normal week to close out this week off on Christmas Day pre-recorded on the 26th pre-recorded on the 27th live from Miami for Dog Nation Daily 28th 29th game day there on Saturday any questions about that does that make sense that is sort of our story as it relates to all of that now cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean so I am trying to follow a lot of this stuff as it's coming in and I guess so far it still sort of feels like the quiet before the storm. If anybody uh, behind the glass knows of something really big, feel free to shout it out. But I think right now we're still sort of waiting. There's some rumors about Jeremiah Smith, the Ohio State wide receiver commit. I don't think those are likely to come true. I believe he likely sticks with Ohio State, I believe. There's been some chatter about DJ Lagway, the Florida quarterback commit. Uh, it seems like Texas A&M has sort of fizzled there. Maybe it's USC. As it relates to Lagway, I don't think there's a whole lot going on there. There's also, like, the big news in the transfer portal. Evan Stewart is in the portal. We'll watch and see what happens with that. Walter Nolan, another former Aggie. I guess he's down to Ole Miss and Oregon. 
you know, I never really took seriously the idea that Georgia would be much of a factor there. I wish it was true. I never took it too seriously that Georgia would be much of a factor there. Seems like that was probably the case. Um, I guess if you're looking at like sort of like big time five star style flips today, or at least highly ready recruits style flips, KJ Bolden, I think you do have to take that seriously. We obviously talked plenty about that off the top. Um, I think you look at Edric Houston perhaps a little bit here, maybe leaving the Ohio State class. I think there's a chance that could happen. I don't, I don't know if that comes true, but it seems like if there is some real chance for some kind of high-profile stuff to happen, Houston leaving the Ohio State class, seems like there's a chance that could be the case. The vibe around Ohio State right now is a little bit weird, um, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. It just sort of seems like there's not a ton of excitement and momentum around that Buckeyes program right now. Uh, but perhaps that changes sometime soon what else is that is that kind of it for right now or so I mean I tell you who seems to be kind of having some nice late momentum is Alabama which is perhaps not a huge surprise here but LT Overton is going to Alabama I guess if if Houston leaves the Ohio State class Alabama's sort of thought to be a little bit of a factor there too so Bama is clearly putting together some nice late momentum here both with the combination of transfers and a uh a little bit of a late run in the high school ranks there as well. So you certainly have to watch and see that. And clearly, I would say the biggest story of all this week may be the aggressive actions of Ole Miss in the transfer portal. If Walter Nolan joins up with what Prince of Uleman's already done and, you know, what 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 Ole Miss, uh, Juice Wells from South Carolina, you know, you're seeing all of this kind of play out and take shape. This is an Ole Miss team that I think has its eyes on being a preseason top 10 team. That Ole Miss is – you know, in the entire history of divisions in the SEC, Ole Miss never won the SEC West. There are only four teams in the SEC uh, of, of the current SEC that never won a division. Kentucky, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M. So Ole Miss, if they were to make a 12-team playoff next year, and had there been a 12-team playoff in place this year, they would have been there. This arguably be the most significant accomplishment in Ole Miss history. I know they just gave uh, Lane Kiffin another uh, contract extension, put a very funny video out in celebration of that. But – um Ole Miss is clearly gearing up in kind of a win-now mode. Perhaps that's what every team should be doing. Another SEC team that's kind of like that there as well is Missouri, kind of trying to take advantage of what could have been a 12-team playoff spot for them this year in the hopes of being in that for next year. So we'll watch that. And we're going to be live on video a lot throughout the day, or at least when warranted throughout the day, to kind of catch up on some of this kind of stuff there too. So for now, we'll see if any of these kind of rumored flips from national teams, SEC teams, if they do end up occurring. But we're also watching some of that transfer portal stuff taking place there as well. We'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. By the way, shout out to our friends at the Finish Long Drink. Obviously, holiday parties and folks getting together and enjoying festivities, and nothing makes festivities more festive than the Finish long drink whether it be the peach flavored version and the peach date for a limited time or the long drink traditional the blue can the grapefruit flavor the gin kick it's a ready to drink cocktail comes in a can looks like a beer but it's not it's a ready to drink cocktail it's a category of beverage that i think people are getting more familiar with now and as you get more familiar with it the one thing you're becoming very well aware of is the best tasting beverage in this category our friends at the finish long drink so if you want to be the hit at your christmas or holiday party uh, the finished long drink and the cooler as you go there is a great way to do all of that. Enjoy some here this Christmas time of year or holidays, however you celebrate them. And if you want to find out where you can pick some up to give it as a gift, perhaps for someone that you know that loves this show or whatever else, go to thelongdrink.com and you can find out more about that. That is thelongdrink.com for a lot more on that. So thankfully today, after some issues yesterday, we just sailed right on through and got the show done without a hitch. 
yesterday, not quite able to do that, which meant no golden shoes. So we will give today the golden shoes we meant to give yesterday, which is a little bit of a dated feel to this. But nonetheless, we want to give full credit to those we intended to honor. So let me see the first one here for a moment. And obviously, one of the hot topics here this week has been sort of reflecting back on some of the stuff that went down with Dylan Riola, the poem announcing his flip to Nebraska. A lot of Georgia fans thought that was weird. Uh, and our buddy Matt Rukavina, <laughs> like many Georgia fans, had sort of figured out there was kind of an artificial flair to the Riola poem. And so Matt put it into like a filter. And according to what Matt found back, there was a 65% probability the text was entirely written by artificial intelligence. And so Matt says, how about a golden shoe, uh, a golden highlight for golden shoe? Very funny stuff from uh, Matt Rukavina there. We'll give him a golden shoe for that. And when it comes to guys already in the fold for Georgia in the class of 2024, not any kind of recruiting drama whatsoever, uh, another golden shoe going out here there as well from our buddy Mad Dog to uh, Ryan Puglisi, the Georgia quarterback commit. And uh, what Mad Dog writes in his caption is, forget about that other guy. Georgia's got a loyal quarterback for the future named Ryan Puglisi. And he sort of made, made a meme out of the Puglisi sign here, uh, holding up the sign that says Dylan who? That's not real. That's just what uh, Mad Dog put on there in meme fashion. Uh, but very funny stuff from Mad Dog. A lot of Georgia fans truly are very excited about the future of Ryan Puglisi. So in honor of that, we'll give Mad Dog a golden shoe there as well. Lousy, stinking Gators trying like heck to hold on to their class. LJ McRae, DJ Lagway, all kinds of eyeballs on them here today. The one thing we do know for sure, it's been 1,138 days. And so those lousy, stinking Gators are beating the Georgia Bulldogs. And that, my friends, is a very, very good thing. And that's our Gatorator updater. We'll see you tomorrow, post-signing day for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Manager. We'll talk to you then.